0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Hello and welcome to Case File 22 of Microscope, the show that examines some of the world's biggest mysteries. This episode, we're exploring the ability to extend life through cryogenics as I talk to a restaurant owner who claims he found a caveman in a freezer. I phoned up Ted Saunders, owner of fish and chip shop Ted's Fish for the last 35 years. Ted's experience of the fish and chip shop industry was relatively ordinary, but that all changed for Ted in 1998 after apparently finding a frozen caveman in a newly purchased freezer unit. After reanimating the caveman, Ted attempted to cash in on the fame of the occasion, employing the newly awoken individual in the restaurant. Although initially a success, this ultimately led Ted to lose control of his career and his business. In this exclusive interview, we cover all those topics, but the recording starts with me asking Ted
2: about what life was like before he found the caveman. I've been running uh, Ted's Fish since uh, 1984. I then added the chips in 1993. In 1997, I added kebabs. And in 2000, uh, for six months, but I soon got rid of it, I added halloumi. It took a
1: while for things to come onto your menu.
2: Yeah, people would come in saying, uh, I'll get some fish and chips,
1: please. And I'd say... From 1984 to 1993 inclusive, you would say, I just do fish.
2: Yes, uh, and then my brother opened a chip shop across the road. So uh, you'd come in, you'd get the fish from Ted, and then uh, you'd get chips from Barry. Problem was, of course, uh, Barry, uh, lovely brother, don't get me wrong, he rest in peace. Um, he unfortunately liked a uh, holiday. And so he was open only about uh, two months of the year. So there were many days I'd serve fish uh, without the option of going across the road to Barry's Chips. How is Barry's Chips, and I sort of don't want to get in too much into
1: the weeds of this, but how is Barry's Chips a profitable <laughs> endeavour if he's only open for two
2: months of the year? I'll tell you how. And I'm, I'm going to blow the roof of uh, the fish and chip shop economy here. Chips are cheap. This wasn't the
1: mystery that we were sort of wanting to get into, but let's, let's crack on with this. Chips are cheap.
2: <laughs> Chips are cheap. I'm telling you. You grow a spud, all you need is a peeler, a vegetable fat. Uh, get that thing up to 300 degrees. You want it spitting in your face. I don't know, serve it four quid for a bag? You are laughing. He only had to open two months a year, and he'd turn over a profit, and he'd fly to Thailand. He'd go to Mallorca. The guy was laughing. Fish, on the other hand, a lot more expensive. You've got to buy the fishing boat, you've got to buy the rods. It ain't easy. You were procuring your the fish yourself? Procuring is a wonderful word for uh, uh, what I did, which was uh, grab it by the tail, Slap it on the uh, on the floor of the rowing boat, and um, a couple of times you know I had to stamp on it. A horrible business, a horrible business i'm glad i'm i'm uh, you know waving goodbye retiring next year are you
1: um <laughs> a lot of questions uh does stamping on a fish make what you then sell to customers a bit flatter than you would normally expect
2: yes but uh thankfully um i was reading about how netflix started they used to post dvds in the post and so i thought well why don't i do that with fish right so for any tricky fish that try to slip out of my hand and i'd stood on uh, they were completely flat but fitted perfectly into a uh, A3 envelope. So uh, I did offer, for, again, a period of six to nine months, a um, delivery service where i just uh, slip it through your letterboxes. Oh,
1: so you could add haddock to your fish and chips queue?
2: You could add haddock, uh, place, uh, shark for a limited time. Honestly, I was the talk of the town throughout the late 80s, early 90s, and then when I brought in chips... Uh, needless to say, as uh, my wall shows framed behind me, I went national.
1: You went national in what sense? In, in terms of you opened up more, more branches?
2: Uh, no, no. The, the national newspapers started uh, writing about my uh, famous fish and chip shop. And uh, I'm guessing that's why you've called me. because. Well, um,
1: well this is exactly the reason we want to talk to you. Because, you know, obviously we focus on big mysteries here. And you are, were at the forefront of a rather large one. And uh, that is... Am I getting this right? You ordered a new freezer and found rather a curious thing inside. How would you describe it?
2: Well, I remember the day uh, like it was yesterday, because you don't forget things like this. Uh, 1998, it was a hot summer. Uh, the World Cup had happened, I recall. I, um, as, as I've said, I decided to invest in, uh, at this point, fish and chips and baths. <laughs> yep. So I uh, I thought I'd need a bigger freezer because, um, I I mean, I thought kebabs were a lot smaller than they actually are. Right. Um, you know, I'm used to seeing kebabs on like skewers. Yeah. But uh, have you actually ever seen a doner kebab? Forgive
1: my ignorance. A doner kebab is what? That big cylinder of meat that rotates around? Yeah, like, the, uh,
2: like an elephant's leg, you know. Yep. So when you're ordering them in bulk, they're big. Sure. They're not going next to your magnums. You understand what I'm saying? You're not, you're not slipping them next to your fabs or your sure. fish fingers. These things need space and time. So you ordered a new freezer? Yeah, I went on um, a, a local website. Which kind of deals in you know local white goods? Yeah, and there was a, a freezer uh, about the size of a coffin. Right, <laughs> I got it home. It had a plug, and uh, you know I slid it into the uh, into the kitchen, plugged it in, turned it on. Lovely stuff. I got the kebab deliveries. How many? Are you, how many are you talking about? How big? How big is a delivery? Uh, I ordered, and again, I, I forgot how big kebabs actually were. So I ordered 40, uh, which is a hell of a lot of meat. Yes, <laughs> a lot of meat. Yeah, I, mean, I don't like to actually. Uh, I'm one of these rare um, restaurateurs that uh, doesn't actually like to. I've never been to a farm. I've never been to, uh, I can't look at that stuff. I'll serve it. I'll cook it. But I can't watch, uh, you know, I can't watch Hang on it. a
1: minute. So you, you, you refuse to watch animals being killed yes. and prepared for food, yes. but you'll happily slap a fish to death on the deck of your boat?
2: No, a fish is not an animal, in my right. mind. Um, I know that might be uh, a scandalous thing to say. I know that you're probably hoping to get other headlines from me than uh, fish aren't animals, but I'll stand by that. Where do you uh, draw the line? they don't have legs. They don't right. have legs, and uh, that's just where I draw a line, OK? Um, uh, that's a you, personal thing. What about dolphins? They're not animals, are they? Because right. where are the legs. Okay, it's that. a personal thing. It's supposed to be quite intelligent creatures, though, your average dolphin. Well, funny you say that. I was in a... Uh, uh, I'll tell you this very quick story. Uh, I'll, I'll sum it up as quickly as I can. Uh, dolphins are bloody clever. I... Uh, I uh, well, they're not animals. They're not... Well, they're not animals, and I'll tell you why. I was driving once uh, in Portsmouth. I parked my car by the sea. Uh, I got out of the car. I took in some sea air. you got to take in sea air at least twice a week. I think that's important for you, uh, health-wise. Uh, I saw a dolphin in the sea. I thought, I'll ignore that. I don't like that at all. Uh, little did I know that his mate had actually... Uh, <laughs> I think where I can see this is going, it's it got in your car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drove off. And I, to this day, to this day, have never seen that car again getting
1: back to your particular story, you've got a coffin-shaped freezer, you've put it in, you've plugged it in, Yes.
2: you open it up what do you see? Well, I saw peas I saw uh, chicken livers, basically the guy who'd owned it before me hadn't emptied it, so I was annoyed and I called uh, I called the owner and went look, I ordered a freezer and uh, gracias, you've sent me a freezer, but, I'm sorry brother, you've also sent me what was inside your freezer when you, uh, when you used to own it he put the phone down immediately. Now I, I <laughs> right. thought, oh, right. this guy's an arsehole. I go back to the freezer, I'm like, where's this stuff here maybe I could sell? You know, chicken liver and chips. I've never heard of it, but they've got be <laughs> someone out there that try that. Now, I'm taking it out. Chicken liver, uh, pâté, yep. loads of fish fingers. One fish finger, two fish finger, loads yeah, of not don't,
1: don't start listing individual items. <laughs> You're wearing my patience, listing them as a group. I then
2: grab two scotch eggs
1: yeah needless to say they were not i don't mean i want you to continue this what you're saying is that at the back of the freezer there was
2: the uh there was a man in there yeah and i put my fingers under his nose he was breathing but he was cold he was cold he was cold well you would so i thought oh my god you know i just thought i don't need this you don't need this. No, I don't need this. So I called the bloke back again. He he didn't answer because obviously he knew it was me. So he's gone. He's gone. So I'm like, what the hell am I going to do?
1: And what did you think? You'd try and get him to try and warm him up,
2: try and like reanimate him? Well, I got a padlock first, locked him in. I unplugged it. So I thought I'm not going to freeze him anymore, but I need to work out what I'm going to do here. Right. So you wanted him secure and then let him defrost. Absolutely. Let him defrost. I got... um. I called my mate Charlie. I said, Charlie, you've got to come round. Something ain't right. He comes round. I forgot the code on the padlock. <laughs> right. So uh, we then had to call out the fire brigade. And so then there were four of us. What do you mean four of us? Who's Two firemen, Charlie and me.
1: Trying to unpick, well, remove the padlock from a freezer you have placed in your fish and chip shop that contains what appears to be a
2: frozen caveman. <laughs> the fireman said, uh, you know, you're telling me there's a bloke in there? I said he might be dangerous. Stand back! Yeah. Crack! We opened the padlock. Uh yeah the, you know, like a film where someone gets out of like a coffin or something. <laughs>
1: right, yeah, there's like a bit of a bit of dry ice or whatever.
2: It's dry ice. There's uh these fingers pop through, you know. Yeah. And uh you know, at first I thought, you know, are they fish fingers? Are they, uh, are they his fingers? What's going on here? And I'm
1: guessing they were his fingers. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so he, he starts yeah. cl- clambering out of this coffin. He stands up.
2: My God, he stands
1: up. And what's he, what's he wearing? He's got like a, a like a, a leopard pelt around him. What does he, what does yeah. he look like?
2: Yeah, he's holding a bone. <laughs> right. Uh,. I don't know where he got that. He's got a leopard skin thing, you know? Yeah. I'm lo- and he's hairy, hairy guy. Hairy, let me tell you that. And I'm looking at him thinking, goodness gracious, uh, this guy has either come on, um, you know, uh, it's a fancy dress party gone wrong, or he's thousands of years old. <laughs> yeah. So the firemen leave. Do they? Do they? <laughs> Honestly, they looked at me and went, this is above our pay grade. Right. So they left. Charlie, um, Charlie had fainted, actually. So I put Charlie in the freezer. Yeah, just because you needed somewhere uh, to keep him. Yeah, and I you know, I just shut that, thought he'll be all right in there. And then what's,
1: um, what's this caveman doing? Do you try and talk well, to him? Well, I
2: mean, you know, so I'm stood there with this man. He's about 10,000 years old. And, you know, what do you say to a man who, who's 10,000 years old? I, I, you know, I, I said, uh what well, do you want to drink i mean that's what you, they used they drank ten thousand years ago didn't they he knows what that is yeah well i gave him a uh i gave him a bottle of coke yeah and uh, he loved that did <laughs> he right then uh, then i thought right well what am i gonna do with him he uh he, he kind of put his hand in the deep fat fryer that was a problem right. i guess that was quite painful for him
1: um but did you manage to train him up to sort of work in the fish and chip shop
2: well, this is the thing, this is a thing. And you know, as you can see behind me in the framed uh double spread from the uh Sunday Times.
1: Yeah, this is just an audio podcast.
2: Uh yes, yes, yes. I um I basically thought this is gonna be my project. This man can sell me a few bits of fish. Yeah. He was and I'm—I—I I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Robson Green knows someone better. <laughs> who's, who's Robson Green? Oh, he's a fisherman, and he was a pop star, but he's a fisherman. Let me tell you. 10,000-year-old Jack. I called him Jack after my grandfather. He is the best fisherman I've ever seen in my life. The guy can talk to fish.
1: You got him to help out by, what, helping you with the fish in the
2: in the morning? Well, once I bathed him, once I shaved him, once I put him in a suit, uh, I got him a nice medallion with a J on it. Uh, got him a some medallion. lovely red braces. Yeah, I got him a medallion so people would know who he was around what? town. You know, there's Jack. He's ten thousand years old. Yeah, you know? get people talking.
1: So your working day is you go out in the morning to what catch the fish and then you sell it in the evening. And you you've you've got him there on the boat helping you out, sort of trying to get those
2: fish in. A simple day would go like this: I would wake him, I would bathe him. <laughs> I would quite a, quite a lot of bathing. At first, I gave him a side parting. But after uh, you know a bit of experimentation, I gave him a centre parting, and yep. he looks beautiful with curtains.
1: that's, on, so, that's, that's I think that's the fourth centre parting we've had in the in the this, in, this, <laughs> in the
2: whole show today. I uh, he looks beautiful. I gave yep. him a little uh, little red earring, and. Um, You know, I made him look good. There's no denying that. I made him look fantastic. Okay,
1: well, you get him up in the morning, you dress him up, and then he's in the boat.
2: And, you know, like I said, I was catching maybe two, three fish a week. This guy was catching about ten a day. Uh, It was extraordinary.
1: Just because he was able to use his, what's the phrase, Neolithic skills, that he was sort of better accustomed to catching fish and hunting in that sort of fashion.
2: No, he stole an incredible boat, which, um, you know, I didn't agree with it. I told him, look, we shouldn't really be stealing stuff. But he, uh, he managed to buy a trawler. I think it's called a trawler. I don't know. We started getting in more fish, so then the queues were out the door, and I always, you know, when I was down in the shop, I'd put him upstairs, and I'd say, look, you do what you want, here's a book, you know, here's Great Expectations. Could he read? No, couldn't read it, he, uh, ate chapter one, you know, the guy's an animal. I mean, I took him out one day, and, um, you know, we had a few drinks, and, uh, you know, he can't understand me. That's what's so frustrating. He just sits there kind of pointing at stuff out the window and kind of uh, you know, smashing glasses. And He loves crisps. He loves the sound. I don't know. You say you had him upstairs
1: when the sort of shop was open. Did you ever try having him... Help out down in the down at the counter.
2: This is the thing. This is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing. He was always upstairs when I was downstairs. I thought I've got to get him down here, but people will start talking. Who's the guy? Who's the model? <laughs> we
1: well, got a medallion. You're obviously
2: not trying to hide him that much. I'm not trying to hide him, but I don't want to show him off either. A medallion's very small. You know, it's if you get close, you're like, oh, you know, who's this guy? It wasn't like a big chunky chain. I got, what I remember, I remember it clear as a bell. I thought, right, big old, I'm gonna go for it. PR, crazy. You know, best fish and chip shop in town. Why? You're gonna be served it by a 10,000 year old man. So,
1: what did you do? You had like a big photo shoot? How did you, um, how do you get his face out there? How did you get his name out there?
2: Well, there aren't many 10,000 year old people in the world. (laughs) No. Well, there was one to my knowledge. Well, yeah. So, I, uh, I got a lot of calls. The Washington Post, the New York Times, Right The Guardian, they're all yeah. calling me up going, you know, uh, two cod and a large chips, a gherkin. Oh and by the way, what's this about a ten thousand year old man? So all,
1: all three all three newspapers would have the same routine of pretending to order a meal and then ask for an interview.
2: Yeah, yeah, because you know, but they, they soon clocked to that I wasn't going to answer any questions when they called about that. What they started to do, annoyingly, was they go... Well, hello, can I have uh, a skate, a savloy, two large chips, uh, some coleslaw? I don't do coleslaw, sorry. OK, but you do have a 10,000-year-old man working there. Oh, my sweet Jesus.
1: Well, I want to get on to the interview, but you'd send the food they'd ordered
2: to what? To Washington and New York via Post? He, yes, I would. Many complaints that knocked the uh, rating uh, down... Uh, I want to stress something, though, for anyone listening. If you hire uh, a man or a woman, say, who uh, is 10,000 years old, I know this from bitter experience, sort out their pension early. Because
1: what? You're saying that you had to pay the compound interest or whatever on the 10,000
2: years? He absolutely screwed me over. He went to HMRC and he said, I'm 10,000 years old, what are my rights? Yeah. And they said, well, is your employer, has he backpaid you at all? Holiday? Pensions? And he went, I've not learnt the word holiday. What is a pension? Yeah, the guy's thick <laughs> yeah, as right. shit. But they see him, and, you know, I don't want to get political. I don't know what your views are, but they will help anyone out. 10,000-year-old <laughs> <laughs> yeah. man walks in, I'm suspicious. I'm going, well, where do you live? Yeah. Where have you been for the past 10,000 years? They don't care. They went, all right, what's his name? Ted? Oh, yeah. Let's fuck him over. How much has he got in his uh, savings? Oh, he's, he's, he's worked all his life and he's saved up 50 grand. That's his retirement, pot. Well, let's get that for you because you've been working hard. You right. deserve something. You know, so, you don't even have a pocket. And he's like, I, don't, I haven't learned the word pocket. And he writes it down. He writes down any word he doesn't know <laughs> yeah,
1: <learn> <laughs> It's not getting bogged down with the, the new words. <laughs> but what you're saying, the upshot is that HMRC made you pay his pension contributions for the last 10,000 years.
2: I had to pay 50,000 pounds. For the last 10,000 years of his working life, apparently, even though I employed him for two days because when he was upstairs, he was eating my furniture. And I I told them, look, this guy came to me. I bought a fucking freezer. Excuse my French. I bought 40 kebabs. I didn't know they were that big. I had to get a huge freezer. I opened it up. There was... Fish fingers, there were peas. Yeah, we there were two, two Scotch eggs, to... but they weren't Scotch no, eggs, they were get... this guy's bollocks. You know, I'm getting really angry in HMRC. Yeah. I got you know, I got arrested, two days in jail, came out and thought, right, that's it, I'm after him. And uh took him to court. The regime about sound at this point are what you
1: litigated. You took caveman Jack to court.
2: I took him to court because I said I haven't employed you for 10,000 years. Why should I pay you £50,000 back pay when I didn't even know you existed? Oh, my word.
1: So did you hire a lawyer? Did you represent yourself? And what did Caveman
2: Jack do? I couldn't hire a lawyer. I was absolutely skint. I had to go through, you know, what that the legal aid. He had the best lawyer in town because, you know, the lawyer obviously got excited. You should have seen this guy in court. Jack was putting his wig on He'd never been in a courtroom before He's he's kind of pointing at everything The guy's insane I'm looking at him like Why am I going to work for the rest of my life For this guy? Yeah. everyone loved it but it went it went up, as I'm sure you're aware as I'm sure your listeners are aware everyone knows it went mega everywhere around the world and everyone was all on his side because they thought yeah you know what he has worked hard for 10,000 years he hasn't he's been frozen for about 9,850 of it and just remind me again of the outcome
1: of the case that what that in the end he got the fish and chip shop and you had to work for him what happened
2: well i mean yeah that's the headline i suppose i guess that you know there, there was a lot of detail there i mean um basically i i was allowed to uh run the shop how i wanted to on fridays but he got he got the lease he ran it monday to thursday and weekends and uh <laughs> what yeah he, a, what he,
1: a he... baffling judgment So <laughs> for six days a week it was his shop but on one day you were allowed to you were allowed to run it for a bit
2: I was allowed to run it on Fridays. Yeah, I, I said uh, because I said, "How am I going to?" I've been a I've been a fish and chip boy for uh, you know all my life, and I said to the judge, uh, Judge Craig, I remember him very well. I said to him, Craig, is that how, I don't think
1: that's how judges like to be referred to in court.
2: I said to him, "Look, I apparently I got to pay uh Man Jack fifty thousand pound, but I said i I've been a." fish and chip man all my life how am i gonna pay him what am i gonna do for a living and so that's when he went all right you can have the uh, fish and chip shop for a day and i was on like a fr- on a friday yeah friday i was like well, that's a good day uh, you know but i don't know i'm maybe gonna make what 200 quid profit
1: I'd had caveman jack made changes to the shop on the other days of the week
2: oh he t- he tore that place apart it breaks me to uh, say it you know if you come to my shop in the late 80s This thing was beautiful. Marine-themed.
1: What kind of, um, what was on the walls to make it marine-themed?
2: There was a picture framed of uh, the Titanic going down. Next to the Titanic picture, I had a wonderful picture of the uh, Belgrano. People would say to me, you know, why don't you put up something nice, for God's sake. But history. And, you know, I'm serving bits of fish covered in batter. The fish comes from the sea, and the sea is all of our history. So I like to put that around me. You know what I mean?
1: And then what happened? Caveman Jack changed that? Sort of stripped down all the sort of memories
2: you'd put up there in the shop? He completely stripped it down. He turned it into a caveman-themed fish and chip shop. What does that mean? It looked like a cave. It looked completely like a cave. He said it was like how uh, his his, he wanted to make it like how his house was when he was a little boy. Yeah. So uh, he drew a, uh, like a reindeer on the the wall in his own uh, blood. That was horrible there. Right. Like, you know, again, he wanted it to be like how it was when he grew up. He said he was missing his home comforts
1: home comfort. He lives in a cave.
2: Well, that's what I said to him. I was like, look, I'm the one that showed you how to live a better life than this, you know. He didn't want it. He he, he was going back to... There was a corner where there was just soil, and he would put his hands in and, like, breathe it in. He said he was co- connected to the earth that way. I mean, I don't know what the fuck he's on about. Anyway, he then started doing things where you could go out and actually get the fish with him. So uh, he'd teach you how to catch your own fish. <laughs> in his trawler? Yeah, yeah. He'd take you out on the trawler, and then he'd Bring you back to the chip shop and he'd show you how to fry it. And
1: how did um, did he did he run into problems with like hygiene and whatnot did the, the people that put those stars on the side of restaurants they must have taken a dim view at a restaurant that's a cave covered in filth and blood and I guess he's barefoot in the shop. He's like, oh yeah, yeah,
2: he hated shoes. He laughed at shoes. Well, I don't know why. He kept laughing at people's shoes. He'd walk past uh, you know Clarks and he'd go in there for a laugh. Oh, that guy's mad. But
1: there was, there was no issue with the way he was running the restaurant?
2: No, he was pretty, you know, he kept it he kept it clean. As, as as clean as you can keep a cave made out of mud. Oh, people loved it. People loved it. In the winter, it was hard because, you know, there was no electricity.
1: I had the impression he sort of made it look like a cave, but he, it had actually become an actual cave. There was no shop front. There was no door. It was just a cave in the high street
2: yeah there was no door you know caves are weird I'd I never even lived in a cave myself you know he uh and he, now you live now you live above one well yeah that's the thing he, he he didn't demolish the house he just demolished the shop but my my house upstairs was still I mean where I'm talking to you now uh still untouched which yes. uh, was sweet of him although he did get rid of the stairs so I had to uh I had to put a pole in at the uh, at the back a pole. Yeah, you know, like a fire brigade pole.
1: Yeah, but how do you get up? Presumably, because your hands must be covered in like batter and grease.
2: Well, I, um, I mean, you can't see, but I'm very strong. Right. Uh, so, um, I, uh, I'm, I'm, oh yeah, that answers that. Yes,
1: it does. You mentioned you're retiring soon. I guess this has all become a bit too much. Do you regret encountering Caveman Jack?
2: Regret, now that's a strong word. The man has brought me many things We had some good times, me and Caveman Jack I I feel quite emotional I I don't have a family Now, taking him round the shops for the first time Shoving him ice cream Making him eat ice cream Cleaning ice cream off his lapels Some some memories (laughs) around ice cream Showing him how to use a toilet What? Showing him... uh, These are the good memories Opening that freezer Oh, and him standing up, holding the bone. I I will never forget that, and it's the most I've ever felt alive. We have had problems. We have had issues. I pay him a lot of money every year. He ruined me financially, and uh, I'm sure he shaved about ten years off my life. But through the help of science, I would like to announce today that I we'll be getting in the freezer and i hope to be i, I hope you hope that you'll be unfrozen in 10,000 years time and i will have my revenge well ted saunders thank you very much for joining us it's been a pleasure uh, i'm glad to have got that off my chest um, and yeah i uh, i hope to speak to you in 10,000 years well, that's all we've got time
1: for. This episode was researched by John Kearns and edited by Matt Ewins. Sound effects were added by Ben Williams, and the theme tune is by Nikki Green. Hope you're enjoying the new series so far. Follow our Twitter account, at Fun for details of future gigs, or if I can remember, other things that me and Kearns are up to. Uh, next week, I'm going to be talking to a screenwriter who discovered a haunted word processor. But until then, remain vigilant, and catch you next time on Microscope.